<laughs> Saddest Night Out, episode, what, six? Let's go with six. Hello, welcome, my name is Roy, I'm the host of this thing, and I am coming at you live from your favourite place and mine, the kitchen sink. That's right, I'm back at ground zero, I'm washing dishes. There's three things in life that are certain, death, taxes, and dirty dishes. Uh, this is the sixth episode, I don't think it's quite the sixth day in a row, I think I skipped a day last week, but I'm going to count it as a streak still going, thank you for joining me, if there's anyone that's listened to this from the start, there's something clearly wrong with you, but I love you all the same, thank you. If anyone's just joined us, and there might be some that have, because I'm now officially a podcast on iTunes, I'm celebrating. There really isn't much to it. Anyone, literally anyone can do it. You just have to record yourself, send a link to iTunes, they approve it, and bam, you're in. But it still feels good. So I'm counting it as a victory. And who knows, it might bring more people to this little playground of mine. So if anyone is joining us from this episode onwards, this is basically a place where I talk about whatever I want to talk about. And I'm trying to do this every day. At the moment, the schedule I'm kind of thinking of is Monday to Friday will just be short, sharp episodes, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes tops on whatever the topic of that week is. Again, all of this is very much subject to change. And then Saturday, I'll try and play a bunch of new music. Ideally, music that's provided by you. Do feel free to send me any music or send me any recordings of stuff that you're into. As in, join me on this podcast, record yourself saying, hi, I'm blah blah and I like X, Y, or Z, and I'll add it to the podcast. The more, the merrier. So Saturdays, I'd play new music, or just music in general that I think is good, and Sundays, I'll have a bit of a longer conversation with someone. And today, I'm actually heading out to see a friend who I think will be the star of this Sunday's podcast. This week... The theme, I suppose, has been new music, where you find it, what is likely to make you get it, whether it's something that grows on you or something you get instantly, whether it's a new act or it's a band that, or an artist in general that you are turned on to after a certain release. A couple of episodes ago, I talked about five bands in particular that I'm really keen to see get big things guaning. In 2018, they were Starcrawler, Arden, spelled A-R-D-Y-N, Paleways, J.W. Ridley, and Fur. You should, I think if you go, if you search any of their names on Spotify, Apple Music, etc., you'll find some music by these artists, and you can let me know what you think. Uh, I... I've talked already about how I'm not... I've been a bit burned by new artists in the past, so I'm a little wary of any artists that are shoved in my face as, hey, this is the next big thing, etc. The most recent artist that I feel is not guilty of this, but falls into this category, is a band called Greta Van Fleet. If you are into, with the capital I, into music, and follow any blogs or podcasts, etc., there's a good chance you've heard of this act. They're all, I think, teenagers, or at least very early 20s, and they make kind of... I've been, I've heard them billed variously as, like, the second coming of Led Zeppelin. 
I'm not a huge Led Zeppelin fan in the first place. There seems to be a bit of a narrative at the moment that rock is dead, or at the very least dying. And hip-hop is all that matters now. Hip-hop is to music as hypnotoad is to everything. And honestly, I'm, I'm okay with that. If, if rock has lost any kind of prestige it once had, it's very much of its own doing. Indie rock was the badge of honour I wore as a teenager, you know. I, I don't like all that uh, plastic surface radio music. I like real music. I like bands with guitars and stuff. I'm a proper music fan. At some point, it wasn't just me that grew out of that. It felt like music culture at large grew out of it, and it became cooler to appreciate pop music. To this day, I think artists like Charlie XCX and Carly Rae Jepsen are a testament to that shift in mentality, where pop music was taken seriously. I think it was called Poptimism, etc. In fact, I think there was a there was a column on Pitchfork called The Poptimist by the person that now runs Pop Justice. I think they ran Pop Justice at the same time. Interesting website, but yeah, basically, pop music was no longer seen as just this frothy, superfluous thing for teenage girls only. It was taken a little more seriously. And hip-hop, and I largely credit Kanye West for the shift. It felt like it was... It, it's become the dominant force, and fairly so. I think the mindset behind hip-hop is more adaptable than rock and roll is. Rock and roll is, I think, out overweighted, inundated, whatever the term is, by lead legendary acts. The acts that have the massive catalogues and who are used to making their millions in a certain way. And those old-fashioned traditional methods are somewhat on their way out and they are a little reticent to embrace the new. Whereas hip-hop goes where the culture goes, and then dictates where the culture goes. Hell, Migos' latest release is called Culture 2. As if he couldn't put it more bluntly than that. And yeah, Greta Van Fleet are the latest to bear the title of Saviors of Rock. And, first of all, let me couch this in the opinion that... My opinion is just that, my opinion, I don't think... Disliking someone's music or art and respecting or appreciating their craft are mutually exclusive positions. I think we have to be able to champion an artist and wish them the best success, but also be able to be honest and say, yeah, I don't really care for their music. I think as a culture, we might have evolved past the point of Twitter wars, where various fandoms would relish in tearing someone down because they said something disparaging about another artist. I think sometimes it is. it does feel like it's being said with malice just to try and tear someone down or build some sort of beef between the two. But it's important to be able to say, I wish this artist all the best, but I'm not a big fan of their music. It's just... It should be just casual discourse. It shouldn't feel like an affront or anything like that, or an act of war or anything. So Greta Van Fleet, best of luck to them, but... The only thing that will really make an artist take over is the songs. And I don't feel like... They have... They're very talented. And their singers feels very much like... The... The initial... Thing about them that makes them pierce through the white noise. That singer's voice is just... Incredible. I think that's... Probably the... 
main reason why they get the Led Zeppelin comparison. I don't know. That, that feels a bit like a novelty for me at this point. I have yet to hear the song that makes me want to hear, listen to them repeatedly. And that's what does it. The hallmark for me in this area will always be the Strokes. Who were very much held as the saviors of rock, etc, etc. And they had a lot of things, before you heard the music, they had a lot of things going for them and a lot of things working against them. In fact, they were often the same things. They looked great and they will always look amazing as a band. They were from New York, they looked it, they acted it, but I think some of them are from rather well-off backgrounds, and that started working against them. But, oh, I think the biggest indictment was that Julian Casablancas' dad ran a modelling agency, so he's the, one that, he's the reason why they're as popular as they are, etc., etc. All that was neither here nor there, because once you heard the music, the converse, that conversation is over. And I personally was sold hook, line, and sinker. Those songs were undeniable then, they're undeniable now, and I think they always will be. And regardless of any narrative, any story behind the rise of an artist, that will be what separates the wheat from the chaff. If they've got the songs that make you want to return, that make you want to tell more people about them. It helps if you also have a narrative behind you. It helps if you can keep delivering songs. Because there's been a few artists in hip-hop, I think, that have had those odd songs that feel like a moment. But then I haven't heard much from them in that, to that same degree since. The first that comes to mind is Fetty Wap. Everyone remembers Trap Queen. That was, that was a jam. You couldn't not like that song. And he had a few songs afterwards and a few features, but Fetty Wap 2018? I, I don't know. I'm sure he's putting in work, I'm sure he's doing things, but I don't know about it. And I think an interesting metric of how popular, in quotes, someone is, is how well average Joe knows about them. It's all, there'll always be the underground fans, the hardcore fans, who know every little thing that each of their favourite artists are doing. But if there are people who consider themselves not into music, that know who you are and what you're doing, that, I think, is another level of success. I think... Drake has that, Kendrick Lamar has that, Beyonce, the real big names, Bruno Mars. They have their diehard fans, but even people who are just casual music fans who only really listen to the radio and greatest hits and odd things here and there. Even those fans know what those people are about. I think that's the level, everyone's tr- that's the level that everyone's trying to get to. And I think a few people in hip-hop get there with one song, but then nothing else seems to reach that same level. Another that I think of is Lil M.A., Lil Ma. Uh, I think I'm very much revealing where my bias lies when it comes to music taste. My little sister is much more in tune with this kind of stuff than I am. I, I don't know. I'm a very fair-weather fan of most music in general, but particularly hip-hop. But the song Ooh, which I think was by like capital O-O-O-U-U-U-O-O or something, that was a great song. I don't know much by that artist since. Again, they probably they have their underground fans, they've got their hardcore fans, I'm sure they're making moves and making their money, etc. But oh, I want to cough again. <coughs> as far as reaching the same heights as that one song did, it remains to be seen. That is something I haven't really seen much of when it comes to bands. 
those five artists that I've mentioned earlier in the episode, those are ones I all found that I found last year that I'm keeping an eye on this year to see what they do. As far as this year is concerned, it still feels relatively fresh. It's only March, but there is one artist by the name of Hatchie, H-A-T-C-H-I-E. She's a musician from Australia. I don't know what's in the water over in the Antipodes, but they're giving us some good music these days, and we are grateful. I'd love to go to Australia one day if it wasn't for the spiders. I'm deathly afraid of spiders. They seem to be the breeding ground for the most horrific creations on God's green earth, so it might be a while. But yeah, Hatchie. She had a song called Sure. That was very much a first listen, first love type of song for me. I think over the course of this podcast, you'll become very clear that my taste in music and what tends to get me easiest. I, I I'd like to think of myself as open. I'll listen to anything and give it a try and measure it on its own merits and give it a try. But there's certain styles of music that just get me every time. And Sure by Hatchie is one of those songs. I think she's got a song called Sure and a song called Try. And I think that's it for now, online anyway. And I think at time of posting, she is touring in America. And I think in April, she's coming to the UK. So I look forward to seeing that live. Uh, a new artist from this year. I am kind of drawing a blank. See, there are lots, uh, there's lots of good music out there. It's like that tagline I mentioned in the previous episode. There's good music out there. You just have to go and look for it. But I'm, I'm a very passive fan of most music. I will appreciate it, and I wish people luck and I'll cheer it on, but it's very few and far between the songs that I really hold dear, which is why I'm drawing such a blank now. I also found it interesting that of those five artists and the five songs, I think episode three, maybe, episode four, it's an episode called Talking New Music. That's when I first talked about those five artists. I think Arden, I discovered live. Fur, I discovered live. Pale Waves, it was YouTube. J.W. Ridley, I think it was Spotify. And Starcrawler, it was first live. And it was when the album came out that it really locked in. I do wonder how people find new music and what makes them more likely to stick to it rather than have it just be something forgettable. And of course, the quality of the song helps. I mentioned before that soundtracks is a very strong way for me to like something because it will already be couched in an aesthetic that I'm attracted to. Twin Peaks had some fantastic music last year from its show. The show Riverdale, I feel like that could be a jukebox unto itself. I'm a sucker for that kind of teen drama show. Never watched Pretty Little Liars. OC season one is forever the gold standard. But Riverdale is damn good show. And... It feels like Twin Peaks meets the OC, and that's a perfect breeding ground for some fantastic music to soundtrack it. I finished the dishes, by the way. We did it. Oh, wait, no, I haven't. False alarm. I also feel like uh, Instagram stories, I feel like that is the new, <laughs> to some degree, the new radio. I find it interesting when you, peep, when you look at who you follow or who follows you, and you look at who else they follow. There are certain names that everyone seems to follow. I think everyone follows either Oprah, Beyonce, Barack Obama, Will Smith, Rihanna, uh, Taylor Swift. 
There are some Kim Kardashian or a Kardashian. There are some names that just everybody follows. And who such people have soundtrack in their Instagram stories, that can really spread like wildfire. I think uh, Cardi B, her music was inescapable everywhere and eventually got into the charts and broke records, etc. More power to her. But I distinctly remember there was a season. Instagram stories, there, it was less likely you'd find an Instagram story that didn't have her music in the background. Everyone wanted to film themselves singing along to it at a party, in a car with friends, just walking on the street. I, I wonder if that's the demographic people are aiming for and whether come April, May, we'll see a bunch of songs that are actively trying to be pushed, not just through advertising, but by getting influencers to sing along to your music on Instagram stories. I wonder if that will become the new radio, to a degree. Because there's this, I think part of what plays into looking down on pop music and radio music is that you only, people only like it because it's so repetitive and it's played so often that they can't escape it and then their defences are beaten down and then you, you begrudgingly grow to like it. Which I think is unfair. It's warranted some, in some cases, but I think in these days when there's such a little friction between the music and the listener, if something isn't appealing, the people will speak by tuning out. There's only so much you can artificially build up support for something. If it isn't inherently good, well, the proof will be in the pudding. In a completely unrelated note, I hope, I am curious to see what Iggy Azalea does this year. I didn't mind her song Teen. I think she had an album called Digital Distortion that may or may not have come out. And she's, she's, she's around. Again, I'm sure hardcore fans are well aware of what she's doing. She's making moves, etc. But to average Joe, I still know her name, but I couldn't tell you what her most recent song is. And that might be the first step of losing a certain prestige because Fancy was everywhere. I th- before, you know, I was saying the Cardi B Instagram story takeover. Or maybe it was all over Instagram stories. I'm relatively new to Instagram. So maybe Fancy was all over the Instagram stories back in the day. But again, a certain level of prestige was reached, and I don't know if it's been maintained. But time will tell. I find, because I th- these days, we're not at the mercy of the music we listen to. The music is at our mercy. Maybe back in the day when, and I, I grew up loosely at the, toward the tail end of this era, but when music was tied to a physical medium, you were beholden to the music. You'd have to go, you'd have to be in the vicinity of the music player. And there was only so much music you could listen to. If there was a song you liked on the radio, if you didn't catch what it was called, you had to wait until it was played again. Maybe you'd have to physically go to a store to get the music you liked. And let's say you bought an artist's third album. If you didn't really like it straight away, maybe that was the only album you could afford that month. And you like this artist's other album, so you would be stuck with it, so you'd learn to appreciate it on its terms. These days, that's absolutely not the case. Okay, now I think I've finished with the dishes. These days, it's, buy- it's a buyer's market, I think that's the term. I did not study economics. But you don't have to be as patient with music anymore. If there's something that you even slightly don't really care for, bloop, on to the next thing, and that thing can be forgotten. 
which is why I think where what was once a Darth is now a deluge. And there's a lot of people who are trying to game the system and just make music that sounds a lot like what you already like, which is where you end up stuck in this feedback loop of incredibly beige-sounding music. And it's that much harder to do something radically different because people are now impatient to give music a chance in its own terms. So I try to actively resist that and actually listen to something on its terms and try to learn to like it, but I'm weak. And I know what gets me every time. And to, I'm, I'm the kind of person who has about... I feel as though I have a handful of songs that I just listen to over and over and over. And very rarely a newer song enters that spectrum. From this year so far, such new songs are Kendrick Lamar's Scissor, All the Stars. Oh, oh, that gets me every time. The aforementioned Hatchie with her song, Sure. Albert Hammond Jr.'s single, Muted Beatings. I absolutely love that song. Gunship. I'm a very big fan of the retro wave type of music, synth wave. They've got a song, I've forgotten the name of the song. I'll try and play it at some point. I might pause this and play some of the songs that I like. But there's a chorus to the song that I like by them that is just like crack straight to my vein in musical form. Absolutely love it. Uh, Rich Brian. He's got a song called Cold that I really like. You know when someone asks you what music do you like and you instantly forget any band you've ever heard of? Yeah, that's what's happening right now on this podcast. So I think I might call it one there. I might try and play some music from some of these artists. I might save it until Saturday. But I will try and play some original music to play us out, as is the routine here. Once again, thank you for listening. And if you want to say hi to me, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at saddestnightout, all one word. You can email me saddestnightout at gmail.com. Feel free to send me any music that you're into. I am now on iTunes, so you can subscribe to this. Yay. I'll try and look at getting on Stitcher. I've never used that, but I'll see what that's about. Stitcher, Spotify, wherever else podcasts are available. Because it seems relatively easy to do it. I guess I'd have to send them a link. They say, sure, no problem, and bam, I'm in there. So, next up, the world. Uh, that'll do it for now. Yeah. Oh, I had no mic last night. A lot of amazing performers. I didn't perform last night. I did that thing where you know when you don't want to do something, but you kind of have to do it. So the next best thing is to show up late and be like, oh, sorry, things got in the way, etc. That's what I did. I think I'll start performing again next week because, yes, there's a certain level of anxiety that's to be felt whenever you have to perform. But I also know when I'm not about to perform at my best. And I've done that a lot in the past. And then you have the kind of excuse of, yeah, but I can do better next time. I want to actually arrive with my A game instead of arrive with my D game or F game. And then shrug my shoulders and say, eh, next time. So I'll probably perform next week. Uh, I think I'll be going to the open mic night again tonight. But I am going to see a friend today to hopefully record what will become Sunday's episode. So be sure to tune in for that. And yeah, that'll do for now. I'm going to play some music and then I'll say goodbye. Thank you for listening. Saddest night out. Till next time.
Well, at uh, 23, 24 minutes, this episode's way longer than I intended it to be. Apologies for that. I'll try and be a bit more shorter and snappier in future episodes. I will just play a little piece. This music I'm about to play for you was recorded on the 9th of July, 2016, at quarter past seven in the evening, as my computer is telling me. Uh, I'll just play it through the speakerphone. Enjoy. Wasn't that nice? Alright, Saturday night out. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'll see you next time. Bye.